Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and it is such a an exciting day for me to share today's show with you. If you are new to the show, this is the place where we educate, empower, entertain you a bit and inspire you to live your most fearlessly authentic life. Because in my opinion, if we are not living our most fearlessly authentic life, what are we doing here? It's kind of a waste of time if we are not being courageous and we are not stepping into our truth not always easy, but life isn't always easy. But I hope that my guest today and all the guests that I've had on the show will inspire you to do so. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. We have a five-star rating so you can hear us wherever you listen to a podcast and share this with your friends. And you can find us if you want to check out the show today on YouTube. You can check out it on Jody Harrison Bauer, and I'm on all social media platforms as Jody Harrison Bauer. So I want to introduce my wonderful guest to you today. His name is Chef Matt Migliori, who is a Queens-based chef, creator, host, and business owner best known for bringing incomparable culinary experiences direct to your home or wherever you are. Chef Matt has spent the last decade working in New York restaurants, including Llama Inn, Madre, and Morimoto, where he documented his work as the GoPro chef. During the pandemic, he helped out-of-work cooks and lost diners stuck at home by providing virtual recipes and cooking classes. Today, he runs Chef Matt Experience, where he bridges the gap of quality and experience of culinary offerings provided outside the traditional restaurant. He provides custom chef dining experiences for clientele, including Courtney Cox, Neil Patrick Harris, and David Burka, Danielle Bernstein, Tinks, and more. And welcome to the show, Matt Migliori. I'm so excited to have like a food human being on this <laughs> show because I am such a terrible cook and I just love your vibe. It's so you, cool. Jeremy. Like I never knew, like it's very cool to be a great cook, chef, mm -hmm. um, but then to have an amazing personality on top of it, which draws people in. That's what drew me in was watching you cook and then to just see like how much you loved it. Yeah, that, that's that's a good feeling. Yeah, it, it was honestly it was difficult transitioning from this like back of the house restaurant chef where it's like you always want to stay behind the scenes. You know, you you want to express yourself through the food you make. But now more than ever, we live in a world where, you know, people are attracted to that personality. So it's like, okay, taking myself out of this introvert kind of lifestyle and being like, hey, I have something to say. I have something to share. This is who I am. And this is the food that I make. Right. Because in so, so often, you know, we go to a beautiful restaurant and the food comes out and very rarely do you see the chef unless you're there right. when they're closing up and the right. chef comes out or they know you. So let's start from the beginning. 
Okay. Uh, I know that you grew up in Rochester. We don't have to go that far back, <laughs> but um, who inspired you for your love of cooking? Where did that come from? Honestly, um, I mean, when we can, we can kind of go back in time a little bit, like growing okay. up. So I come from uh, an Italian American background and both of my parents were always very good cooks. Um, they made it a point for at least like a couple days out of the week. We all sit down. My mom would make sauce, stuff met My dad would do steaks or grilled chicken or something like that. And it's always been something I was intrigued by was the smell of food, the mm. The how why why does an onion taste the way it does raw as opposed to it is caramelized? So they played a big part in the like the, the sparking the passion for food, I would say. But fast forward a little bit, you know, when I'm maybe like 17, 18 years old, I would say it was more of the lifestyle that these chefs or these cooks would, you know, they they would go in, work like 10 to 14 hours go out, you know, get drunk, you know, it's like three, four o'clock in the morning, come in and do the same thing. And I looked at them as if they were pirates. You know, I, I would sit back there. I would be, I would wash dishes or bus tables and I would watch these guys, like how hardcore they were. Yeah. It's like, these guys were literally dressed like freaking pirates. You know what I mean? Like the, <laughs> the bandanas over their heads, like the raggedy shirts, the, the shorts or the torn up pants. I was like, yo, this is pretty freaking cool. So I, I would say it was more the lifestyle that really drew me to cooking up until I moved to New York. And I was like, wow, these people take it really serious. You know, it's not necessarily just about the lifestyle. Like maybe that is a perk that comes with it, but it's the ownership of your station, the ownership of really giving a shit about the food that you put out. So I noticed that when I was doing my deep dive on you. And needed to know really like who you were at the core, mm -hmm. like your personality and everything. And to know, to hear you talk, even in this tone, your passion comes through for your love of cooking, for everything in involved in it, which I do not have that, that passion for cooking or anything like that. And to see you on I saw you on Bobby Flay, beat Bobby Flay. And I'm like, oh my God, he freaking <laughs> beat Bobby Flay. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with the show. And you are my new obsession now because <laughs> as I watched you on Matt's Munchies on YouTube and saw how I was mesmerized by you. Like I told you, you're my you are my new obsession. Sorry That's to your wife. Um, <laughs> but she's a very lucky woman. It just I loved how your personality came out, how honest you were about the food and just loving it. Like the way somebody loves what they do for a living. Like mm -hmm. I, for fitness, for me, it was fitness for you. Mm -hmm. It's food. And just to see you just you know, talk about like these bad boys and just drop the F bomb and just do all of these things. You were just, mm -hmm. you're so real. And I don't think we see a lot of that because so many people think it needs to be staged. And with that, given your your really cool personality and your love of what you do is such a disservice to keep you behind in the background to all of that so when the pandemic hit i'm i'm moving around kind of quickly okay. you're in restaurants you're in new york you start cooking at all these amazing restaurants 
and you're making a name for yourself. You're behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Do you, did you ever come out at the end of the night or did people ever request to meet you? So I, I would say like the past 10 years, I would say from like, or the past 10, 13 years, I would say from like 2010 till now, open kitchens became a really big thing, right? Like you want to be able to see the chefs, you want to be able to see the cooks. It's very, now more than ever, it's very aesthetically pleasing to see the person making your food, to see how clean cut they are, to see the different colors of the kitchen and the plates and the service. It's almost like an orchestra. And I think people really want to see that. So transitioning from that into what I do now, it wasn't extremely difficult, but it was good to see um, how it happened. Like I would, I usually would go out at the end of the night or even so when I was the chef at Lama Inn, we would have counter seating. So you would have the kitchen and then right across would be maybe like seven or eight seats. And I would stand there and expedite and call tickets. So basically what an expediter does is an order comes in, they yell out the order in the course that it comes in, the cooks make it, that brings it, they bring it up to the pass, you garnish it and send it out for the, the guests to eat. So I would have people ask me questions while I'm expediting. I would go over, check on tables. So having that open kitchen concept really gave me a boost in my confidence to actually go out and talk to people that I don't even know, as opposed to a closed kitchen concept where I'd be like, okay, put me behind this, this 12 range burner. Let me just cook, eat, like cook, do my thing, and then bounce at the end of the night. So it, it, it really helped out. Would you describe yourself as shy and introverted? Yes. Internally, yes. how I really feel on a day-to-day basis, yes, but it's something that needs to be completely destroyed. It's something that I have to break out of. I can't be in that shell anymore because the lifestyle I left, I left it for a reason. I left that restaurant chef lifestyle for a reason because one, it wasn't, I mean, monetarily, it wasn't great. Two, it destroyed relationships around me. Three, it destroyed me as a person. So you you look at that. And one of the pros was like, yeah, you, you get to have creativity. You know, you get to, you know, have the camaraderie with all your other cooks and all the other chefs, which is great. But for a short term. Um, yeah, I, I just think it was uh, it was really important for me to break out of that shell and just be like, all right, dude, people want to see the personality. You actually do have a lot to say to these people, to the people that want to see you cook, the people that want to see your energy. And it's it's all about just showing that and breaking out of that shell of being an introvert kind of chef. Right. And I think so many people that show up on social media are introverted, um, but can be extroverted it's difficult it, on it social be- media. I'm actually, I don't know what I am. I'm, I'm somewhere, <laughs> I think I'm somewhere in between because yeah. sometimes I'll describe myself as um, not liking a lot of things. And then my daughters will be like, mom, you're like the friendliest person in the world. So yeah. I don't really know. I mean, you, uh, you are, you are your toughest critic, right? At the end of the right, day. Right. You know? Right. So when you were coming out and checking on people, mm-hmm. I'm just curious about this. Is that when you sort of realize, okay, I've got to make the transition. I I know that I do have a, a personality. I have a great personality, but I'm not really using it to to my fullest benefit. I think honestly, I think it was good practice. Okay, that which led me up to what I do now. I think forcing myself to transition into this outgoing personality, chef, creator, whatever you want to call it, 
it happened during COVID because, you know, as, as we know, like all the chefs, restaurant people, everybody was furloughed. We went to lockdown, opened back up with outdoor dining, locked back down, back open, so on and so forth. So there was a lot of back and forth where I'm like, this isn't sustainable. Like, I mean, am I going to like have, am I going to have work for three months and then are they going to shut it down again for another month? Like, is there something else that I can do? Right. So, okay. So let's get into that. The yeah. pandemic hits, restaurants are closed, everything you just described. What do you do? So I sat on my couch for about a week and a half um, <laughs> and just like, did you, you know, love it? I, I did for like the first couple of days. And then I'm, I'm super ADHD. So like, I have to be doing something like I have so much stuff on my desk right now that I can just like fiddle with. Yeah. So it was, it was good for the two days. I was like, okay, I can like rest, relax. Um, but, but the issue was the not knowing like the, the unknown of, okay, when are we going to get our jobs back? I mean, like we, we survived off unemployment for so long. It was like, whatever. Um, but I would say that one week I just like fell into a depression. I was just like, I can't fucking cook. Uh, like I can barely go to the grocery store because that's when COVID was in full swing. Um, and it was finally my wife, Daniela, who was like, all right, dude, get your ass up. This is not like you let's figure something out. And that's when we came up with the idea or at the time it was an initiative came up with the idea of the at-home chef consultant. And basically what that was, was I would take what you had in your refrigerator, your freezer, your pantry, people would like DM me on Instagram or send me an email of like photos or a list of what they had. And I would basically send you recipes based upon what you had. Okay. Wait for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. um, So on your, on your social media platform. So like on TikTok or Instagram, you were like, okay, guys, what do you have in your refrigerator? Is that how it started? Like super organic like that, right? Super organic like that. It was just an idea. And then we just put it out there in the ether. And the reaction was overwhelming. It was for, for the most part, it it took maybe a couple of weeks to get it going. People are like, okay, what is this? Um, I don't really understand it, but we started getting clients from, uh, from like close family or close friends. And I started bringing along other chefs. So I would charge maybe like 15 bucks for like five recipes, 30 bucks for like 10 recipes, something like that, something super cheap. But it was, it was it allowed me to keep that creative juice flowing. Right. Because I would think like, not only are you creative in your cooking, it's, it's a mind thing. Like your mind was, was doing a job on you. Right. So now, you know, I'm helping people. I'm doing something that I love. Exactly. Exactly. And, And again, it allowed me to bring other friends that I know that are chefs. They're like, dude, can I get in on this? Like, how, how did you do this? How'd you start? I was like, I'm not going to tell you how I started it, but I could, I'd be more than happy to, you know, bring you along, pay a hundred percent for it. Like whatever you do, right. send it to the clients and yeah, it, it, it really helped them out. So you were able by doing this, you were able to help people at home and you were able to help fellow chefs, fellow friends, people in the industry who weren't working. Exactly. And what that turned into was, I did um, a list of recipes for a producer from the third hour today. So that person was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I got to get you on the third hour with Al Roker. And I'm like, yeah, okay. It's, it's all talk, you know, you know, small town kid and I'm not going to get national news or whatever. And then she calls me the next day. She's like, okay, I got you a bit with Al Roker. Wow. So I did like a, maybe I like saw. a three, yeah, like a 30 second segment with him. And then literally right after it aired, we just got maybe yeah. like 
hundred emails. Just wow. boom. Make it, and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> That's so <laughs> exciting. <laughs> it's so exciting. And you know, it's always when you you're coming from a place of authenticity. Yes. And courage. Yes. Being fearlessly authentic that you don't even realize that what you're doing is you're being fearless and authentic, not to drop the name of the show on here, but but really, um, it's just like, I got to do this. I don't know why I've got to do this, but I've got to do it. Like you did have your intention, but sometimes we we just don't even think about any risks because probably at that point you're like, I have no idea if I'm yeah. ever going to work in the industry again. So I've got to yeah. figure something out. So from there, you you started getting like A-list like clients, right? Yeah. From there, um, I had a couple clients ask me, Hey, do you do virtual cooking classes? So there was kind of, there, yeah, there was a, there was two transitions, right? There was from going to the restaurant and doing this at home chef consultant and then doing virtual cooking classes. So that's where I started to meet, you know, like A-list celebrities, like, like Courtney Cox, Laura Dern, really high profile influencers such as Daniel Bernstein. And those are the people that really put me on the map. So I'd have a couple of these people from the recipe consultation. Hey, could you show us how to maybe cook a couple of these recipes? And I was like, yeah, I do that now. Like, let's do it. Let's, let's keep adding things to this. Let's see where yeah. this goes. Let's keep the ball rolling. Um, and that's where I met Danielle Bernstein because at the time um, I, I actually Dan, Daniela DM'd her because I'm not, I was not Instagram savvy at the, at the time. Danielle's so your wife. My thing. Danielle, my wife. Yeah, okay. Straight. And she's like, no, dude, let's get your story out there. Let's, 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 let's blow the top off this thing. <laughs> so she actually DM Danielle Bernstein and was like, Hey, my husband and I, you know, we, we, we don't have jobs. He was a chef. He got furloughed, blah, blah, blah. He does his thing. Would you be interested in doing a virtual cooking class? And at that time that kind of sparked her interest into having her charitable arm of her company. We were what, which is we gave what, right. So she posted us and we're like, Holy fucking shit. Like, Danielle like just posted us like holy crap and we started getting all these inquiries like oh let's do a virtual cooking class like from wow. coast to coast at the time it was like from New York to California um so that's what really picked up that initiative which then turned into a business which is called the chef mad experience which is such a great name because it is an experience right so tell us what exactly somebody could get with the chef mat experience so the chef mad experience, it's it's primarily for individuals who really genuinely care about food, about really good food and service. Um, it's something that I do. So it's it's a it's almost like a one off dinner kind of thing. If you have like a bachelorette party, a birthday dinner, like a twentieth anniversary, whatever it may be, it's for people that really really care and want to have that intimacy in their homes with their friends and family. Because for me, going to a restaurant is as good as it is sometimes, you're you're kind of turned over. You're kind of processed, right? It's like you yeah. go in, there's other people there. It's like, okay, you're there for an hour and a half. You have like a few courses. You pay your check, pay the tip, and then you're out. For me, when I enter your home, I bring the experience to you. So it's like you're in a place of comfort, and I'm yours for the whole entire day or evening. And that's it. And it's like we walk in there. I have the captain, the servers, the bar crew. Um, all the food and everything. And then we just take the temperature of the room. If you want to talk, if you want to like, you know, interact with us and shoot the shit and have a great time, have a glass of wine. We're all about that. But if you want the privacy and the intimacy, that's all good too. So has that transition been easy or hard for you 
knowing how to walk into somebody's home, read the room, let your staff know, hey, listen, this is going to be low key. This is going to be high key. We're going to like just blow it up and have a lot of fun here. How do you do that? And has that transition been easy Um, for you? It did take a little bit getting used to, I mean, going into somebody's home that you don't know and cooking for them. It is a little nerve wracking. Like for the first, I would say for like the first year, I was pretty nervous, but the fact of having a really solid team behind you, um, that definitely helps because it's, it's all about professionalism whenever you're going to somebody's home. So I'm not going to bring on somebody that, you know, I've never worked with before. I need somebody that I know, like my brother and sister, you know, like the relationships platonic, Granted, yes, I am, you know, like calling the shots. I am their boss, but I trust their style of service. I trust how they cook. I trust how they pour wine, how they clear tables, how they set tables. So I'd say for like the first year for me personally, like it was extremely anxiety driven. Even if it was four people or 15 people, I was like, oh God, another one. Oh my God, here we go. You know what I mean? But after, once you get in there, people are so inviting. They're like, chef, oh my God, it's so nice to see you. It's so nice to meet you. So the fact of people being so inviting definitely helped out with that. I, you know, I used to train uh, people in their homes mm-hmm. and you know, so many times I would walk in and I, I wouldn't know what to expect. I would know right, what kind right. of equipment they had. And I'm right. sure you did that too. Right. Uh, but I would walk in and like, Oh, I don't know. It's, it's a weird, it's definitely a weird thing that you have to get used to. Yes, of course. It, it, for the most part, I mean, we bring everything we need because I think for the first two dinners, um, I, I didn't have the equipment that I do now or like the commissary kitchen that I do now. Um, so I was like, yeah, do you have like a 12 inch cast iron pan? Do you have this? Do you have that? Like I could use that. They're like, yeah, totally. We got all that. I was like, okay, okay, cool. I would walk in and, you know, of course they wouldn't have it. Um, The table wouldn't be set or there's just so many different curveballs where I was just like, oh God, like, no, why me? Like, why? This is going to be terrible. They're going to hate me. I'm going to get blacklisted. Fuck shit. (laughs) So people wouldn't think, and I can tell you like, so when you were on Bobby Flay, Mm -hmm. what what year was that? Uh, Bobby Flay was 2019. Okay, so oh, wait, no, the- oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that wasn't 2019. 2019 was chopped. Bobby Flay was oh my god, I'm trying to think. I think Bobby Flay was 2021. Oh, okay. So it you was, were was- already you were out of the restaurants at this yes. point. Yep. You were going into people's homes, yep. you were yes. doing the chef mad experience. Yep. You were already doing that. You were already doing that. Do you feel that your confidence has grown? so much since you started doing this, not Bobby Flay, but, but doing the uh, chef Matt experience. Like to the moon. I feel that like night and day. Night I'm feeling day. that from you because night what I loved seeing you on Bobby Flay and not knowing anything about you um, was this guy is so confident. Like he's so cool and he better be Bobby Flay. Like I watched <laughs> the whole episode. I'm like, he's gotta be Bobby. And then, this other guy that you were competing with at the beginning. Christian. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, Christian. I'm like, come on, Christian. You're not going to beat Matt. Like, <laughs> I didn't know how it ended. I did. I had no idea what the outcome was. Yeah. And so I'm like, there's no way they're going to send Matt home. And I think obviously your cooking skills are incredible, but there's the personality. Mm-hmm. I go back to 
Guy Fiore. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what that's how long I've been watching the Food Network. Yeah. And the reason he became when they were looking for the next the, the food, food he was network star, one, I believe. Right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So I don't know how old I was. I mean, I'm 62 now. What was I like in my 30s or 40s? At the time, it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughters grew up watching it. Um, nobody cooks. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so we just watch it for entertainment. Exactly. The personality is so yeah. key. You yeah. do need to know how to cook. But you also have to have a personality. So you went from sort of being an introverted, less confident person to now this incredibly confident person who knows exactly what he's bringing to the table. No pun intended. Right, right. I mean, the the cooking part of everything of everything I do now, I would say the cooking part, it is a very, very important part, obviously, because even if I had all this confidence, you know, I looked good. Everything felt good. The, the atmosphere is great. If the food sucked, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I'm at, you know? Of so course. it's like being confident in yourself also means being confident in the food that you make still have those creative juices flowing because I went from a world of like a collaborative where it'd be myself and maybe a couple other chefs and like some of the cooks where we would just like sit around and just talk about food, talk about concepts, ideas. Now, all I have is myself to think about like a spring menu, a fall menu, a summer menu, a winter menu. So it's difficult, but being confident in that, in, in, in the cooking, like no pun intended for my chops, um, that like going from that, I would say cooking is now maybe 20% of what I do. Like I'm still cooking everything. I still do all of the dinners. I still do all of the production, okay. but what I'm focusing on now more is that personality and that confidence. Interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, interesting, but it doesn't surprise me. So I'm glad. Yeah. Obviously- cooking, sorry, I just want to add one more thing. Because cooking for me now, it's like it's muscle memory. It's just like I can wake up and I can do it. And there's people like my wife, Daniela, who can't cook to save her life. Good for me because I don't think I'd be a part of the picture if she knew how to cook. Right. Um, so it's 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 good to have that as my muscle memory where it's just like I can wake up, do these things. And people are like, how do you create this shit? Like, this is crazy. Like, I couldn't do it. I'm just like, well, I don't know. It just comes natural. So I don't even have to focus on that part where it comes so natural, where it's focusing on the personality and the confidence. That's a great point. You know, and and I've been in the fitness industry for over 35 years. I had the same thing. Same flex. It's, uh, you know, it's muscle. It's muscle memory. It's just, right. you know, when people say, oh, my God, your form is so good. I'm like. I've been doing this for 40 years. Like, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. So you have to concentrate. <laughs> I hope on, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It better be like, yeah. you know, I, I'm showing like a squat on Instagram or something yeah. like nice form. I'm like, dude, come on. Like been mm-hmm. doing this for too long. So I, I get that. And I love that you are focused on that because I think that's what takes people to everything does come down to, can you create a great product and service? But you need a good personality to push that out to the atmosphere, to push right. that out there, to right. blow it up. And it sounds like that's what you've done because, again, you caught my attention big time. I didn't watch just one of your YouTube videos on Matt's Munchies. I watched like five of them because I was mesmerized by with the ease that you cooked, with the confidence that you cooked, and with your personality. Because it's my comfort zone It being right. even till this day, you know, there's there's one thing that's never going to change about me when I go into a kitchen, mm. like regardless if there's like a camera or there's there's guests, whatever it may be. When I'm in a kitchen, it's like I'm getting on the saddle. 
it's like this is my comfort zone this would this is what truly genuinely makes me happy is just cooking cooking food i like to eat i can't even understand that concept but, um <laughs> my husband's like that he likes to cook he likes the whole he loves the whole process and i'm like can yeah. you just cook it so i could eat it yeah <laughs> and then he loves to just eat it and i'm like i'm done well, like, I, I love to cook it, but I also I eat it. I eat it like an animal. I'm, I, I eat like an animal. I yeah. eat like an animal too. Yeah, it's just a straight up graveyard. <laughs> yeah, friend, yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite meal to cook? Oof, ooh, it's like who do I like better, my mother or my father? Uh, <laughs> Sorry. That's a difficult question. You have to answer. I would say my favorite meal to cook. I love pasta, but who doesn't? Um, I would say my favorite thing to eat would be probably ceviche i love really? just like yeah i love the like the freshness of the fish like the, the acidity from like the lime and the leche de tigre and all the vegetables and fruits that you could put in it that's probably my favorite thing to eat um favorite thing to cook it's it's that's a difficult thing to answer because Sorry. i love doing like whole roasted meats like whole ducks chickens a nice side of beef like a rack of ribs and i also love cooking vegetables because vegetable cookery is probably one of the most difficult things to do um, because why. anybody can cook a piece of chicken, right? My wife can cook a piece of chicken and she does not know how to cook, but cooking like a really nice al dente vegetable or like making a nice puree out of it, that takes some technique. So I would say vegetables. Wow. And I'm, I'm going through my head and thinking about what I cook when I do cook something, it's chicken and I, it has to be really, really well done. Cause I can't mm. see it clucking or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. It's, so if, we're, if your favorite thing to cook is vegetable, well, that takes the technique, the vegetables. It's the technique is the vegetables. I, yeah, it, it, that is a difficult thing to answer because like you, when you become so well-rounded at something, you have multiple things that you love. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I would say the favorite, my favorite thing I like to cook are like whole roasted meats. Okay. Yeah. And you cooked on Bobby Flay, um, or I heard you, I, no. I, the octopus, right? The octopus was yeah. that Peruvian? Because you said you love to cook Peruvian food. Am I correct? Yes, that's correct. My favorite style, my favorite cuisine is Peruvian cuisine. Sorry, mom. I know is our Italian descent. You know, <laughs> but no, she she loves it. She loves when I whenever I go to Florida, I'll cook them uh, like a bunch of Peruvian food and ceviche. They love it. Um, so I started working at this restaurant when I moved to New York in 2011. Um, I started at this restaurant called Remy, which was uh, in like meatpacking flatiron area. And it was Peruvian because I learned to cook classic French, Italian, Mediterranean, like the the, the holy trinity of, of classic cuisine. Right. Um, so I was like, you know, I want to try something new. I'm going to try something different. So I took a job at this Peruvian restaurant and then I basically just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the cuisine because it has the Amazon, the jungle, the coast, the mountains, the desert. Um, it, it, it has so many different infusions. It has like ancient, like Incan cuisine. It has African, Japanese, Chinese influence. So there's so many different regions of this country and so many different influences where there's it's the, the, the combinations are endless. You know what I mean? Like, like the ceviche is the fried rice is the lomo saltado. This the, Oh God, I could just keep going on and on. So like Peruvian food is probably like my favorite type of cuisine. I do like ceviche, just 
Yeah. To throw it out there. One day, one day we'll, we'll ever, make it. Yeah. If you yeah. ever want to make Whatever it. Whatever I want to stop by. Like, <laughs> oh, hey, I found this. It fell off a truck. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I was watching um, you make the the garbage plate. Yes. Which to me was like kind of gross, but you know, I, I don't eat that way. <laughs> it's in the name. What are you going to do? So where yeah. did that come from? And you were like, just again, everybody, you've got to watch Matt on um, Matt's Munchies on YouTube and you've got to watch all his videos. We'll, we'll leave all the information um, before the show is over. But where, where did this idea come from? You're probably like uh, where and why and yeah. Who. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm watching him like, what? Ugh, gross. So yeah. every, every, I feel like every like state and city in the United States, they have their thing. Right. So for Rochester, one of those things is called the garbage plate. So I, I, I can't give you like the exact date it was created, but it was created by this guy, Nick Tahoe and his brother, Steve or cousin, brother or cousin, Steve. I can't remember. Anyways, it's a meal that you eat after a night of drinking. Okay. So, or, or you eat it when you're drunk, either or. Um, so you would leave the bar at like, maybe like one, two, 3 a.m., something like that. Lights go on. It's like, okay, I'm starving. Let's get a garbage plate. So it's basically just a pile of macaroni salad, a pile of home fries, a bunch of like cheeseburgers, like a couple white hots or red hot dogs on it with meat, hot mustard and onions. And you just sit there all drunk in a styrofoam container and you just crush it. You wake up with no hangover. Obviously, drink a Pedialyte before you go to bed. Okay, thank you. Absolutely zero hangover. And it's just, it's incredible. It's the best wow. thing ever. Wow. Yeah. No, that, that looked pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, but now I'm noticing that you're going a little healthy personally. So what's going on? You're starting, you're doing your meal preps. And what, what? Well, What's that I, like for you? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely trying to take a turn in my diet. Um, I mean, like what you see on Matt's munchies, I don't eat that every day. Um, sure. But I, I haven't, you know, stepped foot in a gym in like several years, to be honest. I mean, I maybe had a few times throughout my life or throughout like living in New York. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go back to the gym, do it for like three months and then like cancel my membership and not go for like another year. So on and so forth. So yeah, I know. Pe- I know people like you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's hard. I mean, you know, it's hard. Yeah, life's hard. hard. Life's hard, Matt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you go like no shit, Matt. Yeah. Um. So no, I I joined this I joined this CrossFit excuse me CrossFit strongman gym okay. called Dutch Kills Fitness, and for me, when I would go into a gym, like by myself, you know, I I, I did a lot of exercise in high school. And, you know, I did like the back, the buys, the chest, the tries, the abs, the legs, the shoulders, like you break everything up. I did that routine. But now that I'm like 32, I go into a gym and I see everybody has their own routine and I'd go in there. And I'm like, okay, what, what do I do? Like, I don't, you know, I tried like the personal training stuff and it just wasn't for me. So I joined this gym called Dutch kills fitness. And it's really cool because it's like community based. They do group classes and it's like, dude, this shit is intense it's it's one hour classes and like going through this and seeing how motivated everyone is. I'm like, you know what? I want to change my diet. I want to change the way I live. Right. Like uh, it's 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 imperative, you know, like I don't I don't want to I don't want to die when I'm young, you know, with like the diet that I did have with like the drinking or the smoking or whatever it was. I'm like, you know what? Now is the time. Like I'm 32. I'm only getting older. There's going to be right. a point where I can't reverse any of this stuff. So the only thing that I can do now is build on my health. Do you think 
and I've read a lot and read and listened to a lot of shows about um, people in the um, food industry that it is a really rough life. And you mentioned that at the beginning when we first started mm-hmm. talking that uh, it could be a detriment to your health because the hours are crazy. There's a lot of partying afterwards and yeah. things like that. And not everybody is taking the best care that you're not sleeping a lot. You feel stressed out. Right. Another reason why you're probably really happy that you're not working in a restaurant and you kind of call the shots now. Well, you do call yeah. the shots now. Yeah. Um, so I commend you on like, trying to take better care of yourself. And do you think that you're going to get into like any meal preps? Um, meal, ask you, meal about preps that? For, you mean meal preps for like clients? Yeah. Um, it depends. I mean, you know, if, if I'm approached and if it's something that I can do while not compromising the integrity of my business for, of the shop mat experience. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Cause I, yeah. when I saw the meal preps, the yeah. meal prepping of the food, I thought, Oh. oh, yeah, yeah. So I do that. Something- so, yeah, I do that for Danielle and myself. Um, it's good. Like maybe like every Sunday. Yeah. Um, we work like every single day. So it's like Sunday is the day we're like, okay, we'll we'll do maybe like like three hours of like admin work, administrative, like meetings and stuff like that. And then we'll take the rest of the day for ourselves. And that's when I'll do like, you know, I'll make us like sweet potatoes as snacks, right? Like I'll roast off maybe like six to eight sweet potatoes. And we just sit there instead of like eating you know, Doritos or chips or, or, you know, Oreos or some shit like that. We'll be like, okay, let's eat a sweet potato as a snack. We'll make like chicken breast, turkey meatballs, roasted broccoli, potatoes. And then on Sunday night, I'll just make pasta. And it's like, okay, we're going to eat pasta or we'll go out to eat. Let's have one day where we just let it loose. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, so how, how much has your life changed since you have stepped into your truth where you started the chef mat experience and you are truly doing what you love. You're being the person you have become and are becoming and are, are providing this wonderful experience for others. How much has your life changed in so many ways? Well, I've met a lot of amazing people. I've met everyone from ableist celebrities, influencers, or just average people like us. You know what I mean? Because the bottom line is everybody is the same. Everybody eats, everybody sleeps. Like we're, we're all just people. Um, I think the thing that changed the most for me, um, I think it was my relationship with my wife because I, I was in this industry and a testimony to that was like, you know, we, we did hit the rocks. We did hit rock bottom at one point where like the drinking was out of control. You know, my, my lifestyle was crazy. Like I was going in at like 10 AM and leaving at 1 AM six days a week, you know? And and it's like, and it's like, how much longer can I do that? So breaking out of that shell and being like, you know what? I can breathe. Like I can think because getting these, getting these, these just, I don't know. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Just these like malignant texts from like owners and like purveyors being like, hey, like, why, why isn't this broken down properly? Like, what is this? Blah, 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 blah. Like one, two in the morning. It's like you get stuck in a zone. You get stuck being like, okay, this is my life. This is all I care about. And you lose touch with what is really important. Like my life, my life is more important. Nourishing the relationship with my, my friends, my family, my wife, like that is the most important thing. So taking a step outside of that industry it was like a breath of fresh air. Like, wow, 
I have my own personality. I have my own identity. Like I have to take care of that and I have to nurture that, you know? That's really beautiful. And it probably when you were in the middle of it, you probably couldn't see far past outside of it. No, not knew at all. That, knew that you were like almost a prisoner of yourself yeah. and this chaos. Yeah. It's like you, you drink, you drink the Kool-Aid. For, right. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's drinking the Kool-Aid. It's, it's, you know, somebody constantly gaslighting you and being like, dude, you're not doing like, you got to do a better job. You got to push more and more and come to find out from the outside looking in, like I'm putting in like 80, 90, 90 hours to this place. I'm getting paid a fixed salary. I'm, I'm struggling just to keep myself afloat, let alone, let alone my, my, ah, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> let alone my relationships. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's just better this way. You know, it's everybody's happier. I'm happier because like, I, I have that not only it's like the confidence is starting to happen, but I'm a humble guy. Like I'm I'm the last, I'm the last one in the room to always speak. I'm always going to hold the door for random people. Like I'm never going to, you know, forget where my roots are. I'm always going to stay grounded, you know, and a lot of people in the industry take advantage of that. And when they see that, they sink their claws into it. It's really hard to get out and it's really hard to resurface. That's why, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it. And I know some people might disagree. Um, but for me, COVID was kind of a blessing in disguise. I think there are that, a lot of- that was my way out. It took, right. a, it, took, it took a global pandemic to get me out. No, I mean, I sort of, I, I completely get that. I loved being quarantined, to be honest sorry, with that, you. Sorry, that's my rant. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I love it. I, I've said this many times. I loved quarantine because um, I was able to focus on what my needs were and not yes. my clients. And because mm-hmm. you do get caught up in the chaos, you do get yeah. caught up in all of your life. And um, for once you get to focus on yourself. Yep your relationships and um, sort of just figure out, well, what do I need going forward? What's best for me? And I'm sure that you've had a lot of influence over a lot of chefs that felt the same way that you did. Yeah. And and now you're sharing what you're doing with other people. And that's changing their lives, people that you know that are chefs, and then changing the lives of people that you, who, who have you in their homes and then share you with other people. That's so incredible. Like, do you look back and go, wait a minute, how did I do this? How did this happen? When I, when I become, when I get to a point in my day where I'm like, okay, this isn't happening fast enough. I have to do better. Like, Oh God, why do I like, I'll have that moment where I'm like, why do I suck? I -hmm. still have that. I still, you know, sometimes I will say it's myself. And it's like, as long as you can be like, wait a minute, like, dude, look at what you've done. Like, look at how far you've come. Like, like with the support of my wife and us doing this business together, it's like, dude, we, we've been to LA. We've cooked for all these celebrities. We've cooked for all these influencers. We've, we've like cooked, like done, done cooking classes for people in New Zealand, Australia, Dubai. Like we've met so many people along this way and touched so many lives. And actually, Jody, I wanted to touch on something that you said, touching on- You're going to come and cook. You're going to cook for me now. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that's that yeah, goes without okay. saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I actually had chefs that would contact me, maybe like a handful of chefs. Um, one being like, oh, dude, like, I love your business. Like, how much do you price people? Uh, you know, how do you do it? And I'm like, okay, no, I'm not going to tell you that. But I would have some people, some chefs approach me and be like, dude, how do you keep a clear mind? 
It's like, yo, I'm so depressed. Like, I don't want to work in a fucking restaurant anymore. Like, I, I need a way out, you know, and like, I'm there to be like, dude, I'd, I'd be more than happy to take you on, you know, work with me for an event, see if this is something you're into. And also it goes more than that. It's like, yo, how do you keep yourself sane? Like my mental health is like dwindling, wow. you know, and if there's like one thing that if there's, you know, cooks or chefs that listen or anybody in any industry, just take care of your body. Cause like I would drink and smoke and I would just be constantly depressed. It took me to get my ass up, literally go to the gym, eat cleaner, wake up early, go to bed early. And that literally changed my life. Right. It's like, it's not, but you, had to, but you had to physically get out you gotta of the push. restaurant. You got to push. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to really, really push. I just think about how many people are listening to the show right now and who know somebody who might not be necessarily in the same industry that you mm-hmm. are, but that are struggling with that right now. They know they're not taking care of themselves mentally or physically, and they don't know how to get out of it. And I think that you are just such a great example of the fact that you can get out of it. It, you just have to like lean into it a lot. Yeah. You have to commit. You, have, you to commit have to commit to it. You know, you can have as many, res- you can have so many resources, so many people helping, but the bottom line is it's you. Right. You have to sign up. You have to sign up, throw away the pen. Like, so what's next for you? You have the Chef Matt experiences. Is that, are you going to be expanding that? Uh, how do you, how do you get this all done? Cause I'm sure you're, in high demand. So how do you, how do you process all this? So there is, um, I've, I've honestly thought about this a lot. I've gone back and forth a lot about it. Um, there is a cap to obviously like the amount of dinners that we can do because I don't want this to turn into, um, something that becomes diluted. Like I always want to be the chef that preps everything. I always want to be the face of the dinners because when you book a chef mad experience, you're booking a chef mad experience. Absolutely. So like, it's, it's important that I'm there. So yeah, I don't want to get Tony. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't want to get Tony, Johnny, Joey. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to get Matt. But I think the, I think the next step is continuing to just be genuine, just being authentic with the content that I put out. You know, if there's any like, like brand partnerships or collaborations and just seeing what comes of it. Yeah. You know, because it's it's like I love doing this, like the cooking part. It's my favorite connecting with people. That is my favorite thing. But seeing where it takes me is the goal, because we've only been doing this. I mean, this has been I've been doing private event or private dinners for about, I would say, going on three years, going on three years in August. So it's still relatively new and very young. Absolutely. And I'm just thinking to myself, there's probably so many people, like you said, are reaching out to you and say, so what do you price things at? What are you oh, doing? Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I'm just throwing this out there. Uh, have people wanted to come and work for you and then be a, a part of the Chef Matt experience? Like, could you say, all right, you're not going to get Chef Matt. You're going to get Chef Tony. Would you ever so, do that? I know you said you don't yeah, want to dilute. I know you said you don't yeah. want to dilute it, but if you can train Tony, we're just using that name. Yeah. You, if you could chef, if you can train him, would you do something like that? Because you're getting so big. So I do that. Um, I do that now. Let's say if I if I have to double book um, my sous chef Natalie, who I trust with my life, mm-hmm. um, she would take on like the 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 other client. 
So it would be it would be a menu that's hers because I trust her as a chef to represent the chef mad experience. It would be a rendition of her menu, right? And she would go do that dinner, and I would do my menu at another dinner. Okay. But it's like it's like a clarification of okay, this is Chef Natalie, and then this is Chef Matt, but it's a part of the same umbrella. But we, think, we very rarely do that. We very rarely do that. Do you think it takes a special person to do what you've created? Yes. I I think, you know, it's that it's that mentality of like, you know, nothing's gonna be ever as good as you do it. Right. And and to be to be a legitimate leader and to be, you know, somebody that can delegate and manage, like you have to not lose that a little bit, but you have to be willing to spread the wealth, I guess, you know, because I, I've worked with, for example, I've worked with Natalie since like 2017, you know, and we've, we've like, you know, gone to war together, like in in terms of like cooking in the kitchen together. And I know how, like, uh, I know how her method is. I know her palate, the food that she makes. So I trust that, you know, I would trust her to be like, okay, this is your menu. You send them your menu, you handle right. them like your client, but it's still under the same umbrella of the chef Matt experience. Right. All right so and it's not like I, I wouldn't take anybody. I wouldn't, you know, if somebody DMs me and like, Hey, chef, can I join you? I'd be like, absolutely. Like you could be my personal sous chef for the event that I'm doing and I'll show you what I do. Right. I, I just, like I said, I don't know you well at all. I just, <laughs> I can feel like the progress and where you've come from. You've explained it so well. And I just think that you are leading the path to so many other chefs trying to do this. And I think it's really inspiring. But I think, as you mentioned, it takes a special human being to do it because you have to be a great chef and you have to have the personality to lead the way, which is why only a few people can do it because if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. So congratulations on such great success and for taking the risk on yourself and being successful because you had to step into that, that scary place, which is your truth, you know, and it's, it's not always easy to do. Yeah. So can we go to the Food Network again for a few minutes? Absolutely. Okay. So we have three minutes left. So okay. uh, was it scary, nerve-wracking to be cooking against Bobby Flay? Uh, not really. I, I, look, I know I said <laughs> I'm humble and I'm genuine and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But but you knew your shit. Told, I've actually cooked uh, for Bobby Flay before. He used to come to Llama Inn a okay. lot. I was the, the chef de cuisine at. And I've, I've met him a couple times prior. So like cooking for cooking against him. And then also at the same time, like I've cooked for like Neil Patrick Harris and like Courtney Cox and, and a whole bunch of other people, you know, like cooking for them and then transitioning to that. It's like, Oh dude, you're done. Like, let's go. I know. Well, I mean, that's, that's (laughs) what came that that's what came clear through the screen. That's what I felt. But it it still was very humbling because I mean, like you said, like you, like you and the girls, like you, you know, they grew up watching food network. Like I grew up watching Bobby Flay. Yes. You know, so like being in the same room and cooking against him, I was like, dude, this is like, this is a wild experience. This is so humbling. Yeah. I'm going to kick your ass though. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And then when you were on chopped, Mm -hmm. um, was that a really hard competition to be in because they give you so many weird things to cook with? 
Chopped was very difficult because that was the first time I was in front of like 12 cameras at once. Mm. And on top of that, it's it's literally 30 minutes for the first or 20 minutes for the first round, 30 for the second, 20 for the third. And it's like nonstop. It's like, go, 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 go. Yeah, it seems like so that. It was it, it was very difficult. It really wow. was. Well, congratulations on all your success. I have one more question to ask you, and then we're going to leave with all the information so people can reach you. Okay. What does it mean for you to be a fearlessly authentic person? So to be a fearlessly authentic person, it means to keep a clear mind, work your ass off every day, and stay true to your stay stay true to yourself. Be genuine, be humble. You know, and then you'll you'll you reap what you sow as long as you bear good fruit. Oh, that's a good one. I love that. Thank did you. I crush for that it or what? You just crushed it with that. You really did. That's going so, in my book. That's, that's going in my book. That's going in my it. book. That answer's going in my book. All right. So how can people reach you? So you can reach me through Instagram. That's the best way. Shoot me a DM. Um what's your name on Instagram? My, I, my Instagram is Matt underscore Chef Migs. Okay. Um, or you can go to my website, which is mattchefmigs.com. Amazing. So easy. Everybody check him out on YouTube also at um, Matt's Munchies. Matt's, it's, I think the, the handle is Matt Migliori, but yeah, if oh, you type sorry. Matt's Munchies, no, that's totally fine. If you type in Matt's Munchies, it'll come right up. Okay. Yeah. You'll get that. And you'll get the full Matt experience. Like this is, you guys, this is where I fell in love with him and we have to meet in person. Matt, thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Jody, thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. This yeah. Amazing. I had so much fun. I know I could talk to you longer, but we have to say goodbye. We have to say I know. I saw, the, I saw the four minute. And I was like, wait, really? Already? Oh, I know. I know. So thank you. Get in touch with him. Uh, Matt's going to become my um, my my favorite person in the world because I can't Your cook. Sweetheart. And um, until next week, everybody, thank you for joining us. But until next week, go and live your most fearlessly authentic week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.